0: One hundred episodes. Wow. The Global Phenomenon Podcast has seen some of the most influential coaches in the world walk right through. Pat Flynn, Lisa Johnson, Laura Belgrade, John Lee Dumas, Rachel Miller, Kate Northrup, Sue B. Zimmerman. And I hope you will go back and listen to your favorite coaches' stories in this podcast. But today, we're going to do something a little different. Hi, I'm your host, Ina Coveney. Every Monday, I bring you an interview with a successful online coach where we uncover their true startup story and we wrap it up with a companion episode on Thursdays where I teach you three things that our guest is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. But in this, our 100th episode... I put together something extra special for you. I invited my client, Carla Santa Maria, the first gen coach, to interview me right here. I gave her carte blanche and I told her there was no door she couldn't walk through. So in this interview, I let down my guard. I talked about ending my last podcast at 100 episodes and what's different about this one. I shared about my journey to hire a team for the first time, what is the big why that keeps me going and showing up every day, and I get on my soapbox, because I do love one of those, about the most important mindset shifts that online coaches should be making in order to find success in their businesses. Also, I tell you what Taylor Swift's parents have to do with my vision for the future. A little weird, right? And I also open up about the irrational fear that has kept me playing small for years. And I wonder if you feel it too. I'm really excited to share this intimate space with you. And starting next week, we'll go back to a two episode per week format. Starting on Monday, where I will have the amazing Alex Beaton, launch strategist, and she will share about her journey in online marketing for the past decade. We'll follow it up with a companion episode on Thursday, where I will share with you what you need to be doing to make your launches successful, even if you have. small audience. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while telling your kids that Cinco de Mayo is the celebration of Mexico's independence, here's a bucket of cold water for you. Cinco de Mayo is the celebration of the Battle of Puebla, where Mexico defeated the much more powerful French army. And it is not Mexico's Independence Day. There, you learned something new, so have I earned a great review? If so, please head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show and thanks. I'll now go on the guest seat and put myself in the hands of my client and friend Carla Santa Maria, the first gen coach) <coughs> To help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon. Today's episode begins now.
1: Welcome, everybody. I am your host for today, Carlos Santamaria, the first-gen coach. I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to be celebrating this milestone with Ina congratulations and (laughs) I am ready to get started so Ina uh, tell us how are you doing
0: I am doing great I'm so excited that we're doing this thank you yes 100th episode anniversary so this is our party here
1: yes so tell me a little bit about that tell me that is so exciting that is a huge milestone by the way i don't have the stats in front of me but i don't know how many um podcasts get to 100 episodes and this is not your 100th your first 100th episode it
0: isn't thank you for calling that out because My last podcast was called Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life, and that made it to 100 episodes as well. But that's when I decided to stop it and pivot to the global phenomenon. So this is I am really excited to take this one beyond the 200th episode, the 300th episode. Like this is the one that's here to stay. So this milestone means a lot to me.
1: Wow. And that is so great to hear because I love the show. I'm like, yeah. I look forward to listening to hundreds more episodes. Me too. How do you feel that this milestone is different than your previous 100th episode?
0: I actually got to 100 episodes last time on purpose. Around the time that the 100th episode was about to come, actually maybe like episode 95, I was already starting to feel the itch, starting to feel like, this brand, the trailblazing out of corporate life didn't fit me anymore. Um, I had been talking to side hustlers for a, a couple years by that point, three years by that point. And it, it really became obvious to me that I really wanted to speak to people who were going the distance with their business, you know, that had made the decision that this is really what they wanted to do because the message is very different, right? I found myself talking to corporate people almost like convincing them that starting a side hustle is a good thing and i'm like you know what i'm i'm just totally beyond that i i don't want to convince anybody to start a business or convince them that it's okay to charge however much i'm like i really want to talk to people who have that big vision so by episode 95 last time i already knew that this podcast had to come to an end so the global phenomenon when i first started it i really wanted to continue to teach solo but i wanted to have really inspiring conversations so i'm like how do i do that well i'm going to have to publish two episodes a week and which is a huge undertaking like for anybody who has a podcast they know that Forget. one episode a week right one episode a week is already a big undertaking doing two that it was, it was just insurmountable so This was the moment when I decided to hire a team for the first time to help me with this. So I got myself a podcast editor. I spent so much time writing SOPs, standard operating procedures for my virtual assistant to be able to help me to post the episodes, uh, to make it as little work as possible. And so it, it made it possible. So to this day, I just do interviews for as long as I do them. Then I take a little bit of a break, continue the solo episodes, and then I keep going. So reaching 100 episodes, uh, it, it's great because it's like, okay, we've been here for, for a while now. This episode was born on October 5th of 2020. This podcast was born October 5th of 2020. I remember dedicating it to my grandmother because uh, that was her birthday, October 5th. And now she's passed. Um, so I, it it meant so much to me to finally make it here. Two episodes a week, not continuously. And now we're in 2022. So almost two years in the making 100 episodes. I am in love with this podcast. And I, I really hope that just like the podcast, everybody who's listening is here to stay. So it, it really means a lot to me
1: that is so beautiful and actually as we're recording this today is my grandmother's birthday uh she passed 19 months ago and so i love this shared connection to you know because you're here and you're dedicating this to her and i feel like in my coaching practice and and in my journey i dedicate so much of of what i do to her so thank you
0: (laughs) was your grandmother also like badass woman, like breaking barriers. My grandmother was an entrepreneur and not only was she a seamstress, she had her own shop and she made dresses for the uh, first lady of Venezuela back in the seventies. So the (laughs) fact that that, that someone like her who just she was just like a housewife she would just be like I'm not staying home like I like this is not for me and she went on and started this this trend in my family of people who just have really really high standards who really really have big dreams um I'm gonna cry but um yeah, I I really wish that she was here to see it and to to get it and to understand and to see. Uh, I, she used to call herself the cyber grandma because she used That's an iPad cute. and stuff. Uh, so I I really wish that she could have she could have been here to see it. But was your grandmother also like with that spirit?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my grandmother was definitely a go-getter. <laughs> a go-getter, you know. My grandma lived all her life in Honduras, and um. Definitely was this fierce woman who was also this like flower child, that who had like chickens and parrots and dogs and cats and like multiple animals in her yard. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's just really beautiful. And and I know that they're they're both um, with us today. They're
0: very proud of us today. They're they're watching together.
1: they really are <laughs> all right thank you uh thank you for sharing that and thank you you know you said something a little bit um earlier about how you hired a team mm-hmm. and the difference that that has made for you um and one of the things that i've learned from you is that it's not that hiring is it hiring doesn't mean i can't do this hiring means i am choosing not to do this can you tell um can you talk a little bit about that
0: oh absolutely um- I started out my business hearing the advice from my coach telling me that I needed to hire people. And I'm like, "Why? I don't need to hire anybody. I can do it all. I have uh, my technical background allows me to do everything. I can do everything. I can create my own website. I can launch my own podcast. I can create my own social media assets. I can do it all." but I don't have time to do it all. So at first it wasn't a problem because I'm like, well, I don't need to pay anybody else. I'm saving money. I am, I'm going to continue to do it myself. But it took me way too long to realize that I didn't have to, that I could have been doing other things with that time. But we don't see it. When we're doing everything, we just think, well, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then we burn ourselves out and we wonder why. It's because we don't really see another way. Once you start hiring people, that changes. My VA does so much for me. And I'm like, I can't even imagine doing all of that. Um, so I started hiring back in 20. Yeah, 2020. When I started the podcast, that's when I hired people for the first time, got myself an editor, I just found that found them on Upwork. I tried a couple different people until I found one that I liked. And um, one thing that I really made sure of is that I had everything very, very carefully documented. I wanted things to be really easy for that person. I know that there are people out there who just put up a random job on Upwork. And then when the person comes on, you kind of trust them to be the expert. So you say, OK, just do this for me. And then they don't meet expectations. And then you can them. And it's like, did you really set them up for success here? Right. So I set my people up for success by telling them, this is exactly what I want you to do and how I want you to do it. And here are the the places where I need your help, right? Here are the places where I need you to like flex your creative muscles and give me suggestions because I know that I don't have everything squared away, but I need the expectations to be very clear. So I use Asana and I use Zoom to create videos for for my team. And I make sure that everything is very, very carefully documented and expectations are really well set. So yeah, um, I can't go back to editing my own podcast, which I can do. I It's just way too time consuming. I can't go back to... Uh, posting on social media. I'm, I'm posting all the time, but that's not me. I have a social media manager who has a bank of content and she helps me keep it fresh. Right. So she helps me with that. I have a VA who does an incredible amount of stuff for me, like things as simple as checking and making sure that when somebody signs up for my freebie, Sometimes they put their first and last name when they sign up for the freebie. So this is a PSA for everybody. When you sign up for my freebie, all I need is your first name. You don't need to give me your last name. Uh, so like, hope everybody's listening. But if you did, if you did give me your first and last name, I don't want my emails to say, hi, Carla Santa Maria, right? I want to just say, hi, Carla. So somebody has to go to that field and clean it up and remove the last name right? So little things like that, my VA does. And you might think, well, that's something that would take you two seconds to do, especially if you're not getting hundreds and hundreds of signups every day. But no, it's like, it adds up the fact that I have to context switch, right? The fact that I, I can't just do one thing that I have to stop what I'm doing so that I can go and clean this up and that I can go and clean that up and that I can go and keep track of my audience growth or that I need to go and ask, ask people who just joined my membership Is this your right mailing address, right? All of these little things add up. There's so much that I don't do. And that, that is what has made these hundred episodes possible. The fact that I don't have to do it all. uh, And I recommend that people start outsourcing as
1: soon as possible. That is such great advice. Um, I mean, and all those little things, like you said, so I'm not yet at the VA stage, but I'm getting there. And I have outsourced already some things and it's made such a difference because I know, so I don't have the strong technical background. Like I am great at coaching. I am great at relationships. I am great at this set of things. And I know that someone can knock out a social media post in 10 minutes where it would take me two and a half hours. So why would I spend two and a half hours where that I could be connecting with people that I could be um, doing the things that bring me joy, rather than the things that are going to burn me out.
0: Exactly. And I I, I like it that you said that, because, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, I can do it all. I just don't want to do it all. For some people who are listening, there are some things that you just It would take you too long to learn how to do it. It, 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 let's Let's just be real. Do you really want to learn how to do every little thing? Or is it time to say, you know what? There's bigger fish to fry. I should be out there on sales calls, not trying to figure out how to put together a website. Somebody else already knows how to do it and you can just pay them to do it. So uh, for people out there who are like, well, but Ina, that's easy for you to say. You're making money in your business. I'm not making money in my business. You guys, everything is an investment. So you can either have everything done by you and let it take you months and months of your time, or you can get your podcast set up or you can get your website set up in the next two months or six weeks by just working with somebody else who already knows how to do it, and you get freed up to do something else. So when are you going to start making money in your business is when you start actually putting your time in the value-added tasks, not on the things that anybody else could do. Um, I'm not an expert at outsourcing by any means, but I'm, I'm just here to tell it's completely changed my entire business. And there's so much more that I could than I could outsource. Every day I'm thinking of little things that I could do. And my first step is always to document what I do. That's the first thing. People are like, how do you even know what to give them? Because I start writing things down. I'm like, this is taking me way too long for me to do it. Is there somebody else that can do it for me? Right. And then I just start writing those things down on a list. And once I have enough, then okay, it's time for somebody else to take it over.
1: That is such great advice. Um, There's so many people that uh, have a hard time outsourcing and it's because they have a hard time really explaining what it is that they want done.
0: Oh, That was me the first three years. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. You figure it out. As soon as it becomes a bigger, a a big enough pain point, you figure it out.
1: All right. (laughs) Great advice. Now, tell me, what are some of the things that bring you joy in your business, in the podcast?
0: I had two great conversations today with two interview guests for this podcast. And these are people that I have admired, right? These are people that there's one of them in particular that I found through TikTok. And I reached out to her. So I'm like, I've been following you for a year and I think you're just amazing. And I just want to get to know you better. And she said, Yes. So the fact that I was able to, Talk to her and meet her. And she's gonna she introduced me immediately to someone else that I could interview. I feel like I'm I'm becoming a part of the landscape, right? I'm actually getting to know.
1: Yeah, you definitely are
0: right, all of the other coaches in the area and see what is it that you're doing. I'm actually might end up working with this. TikTok coach that I just found. So I'm like, I I just want to learn from you. So what I have really, really enjoyed is number one, getting to know people uh that I would have never, I would have never had any business talking to, right? Uh that's just, that just means so much to me. And the other part that I really enjoy is that I really get to teach, right? I I can't, knowing myself, I couldn't just have an interview show. I I couldn't. I, I I would, I would feel like, uh, you know, that's great that I'm meeting people, but like, where am I actually giving my brain? Right. I love, I love coming and just teaching you what is in my head, the way that I see it, the way that I see this community and the way that I see everything is as if I am the president of the world around me. Okay. So I get to set the rules and set the values and set the philosophy that I want everybody who follows me to follow as well. So I'm creating my own little ecosystem around me. So this podcast, my Instagram account is all my, my email list is all my way of getting everybody to think the way that I do about certain things, right? Like I want everybody to understand that they can have a thriving business, even though they don't have 10,000 followers, right? Um, I want everybody to understand that you always treat the people who work for you very well, right? I want people to, um, not shame others. I like there's so many things that I want people to know so that when I run into someone else, I feel like I'm being treated respectfully. Right. Uh, I don't I don't know how to better explain it, but I am creating the world that I want and I start with the people around me. So my podcast is my opportunity
1: to do that. That is so amazing, Ina. So I have a background in, I mean, my I have a background in, in civic engagement and social movements. My master's is in uh, community and social change. And one of the things that we always talk about is ideation and creating the world, the, the world that we seek and, and making progress to that. And so we come from such wildly different backgrounds. And now here you are also saying, you know, I am creating the world I want to live in. And I so can get behind that 100%.
0: Right. But it it makes sense, right? Like we're not just here to make money. We're not just here to get clients. You're using your voice, right? Uh, We're not here to ask for permission. We're not here to convince people. We're here to say, if you are following me, if you're in this sphere, in this world, then you're going to be hearing the messages that I want you to hear, right? Which is why I totally welcome it when people unsubscribe, when people leave, when people stop following me, it's like, great, go and find another mini world to join that fits your values better. But for as long as people can hear the sound of my voice, they're going to hear how I believe that the world should be. Uh, and that that gives me joy. That, that makes me feel like I'm not just here just running a business and trying to become a millionaire, which I am. The million dollar (laughs) dream is my dream. It is. It really is. But while I'm doing this, I got to find a reason to do it. The money is just not enough for me.
1: So what is your why?
0: Oh, my why is easy and it's not shared by everybody. Uh, My why is because I can right um it's very important to me that when i get to a certain age 70 years old 80 years old that i look back and say i i did that right i totally lived my life to the fullest i didn't leave anything on the table um i took every opportunity that I wanted like i i need to get there without any regrets so i can't just live the life that everybody else expects me to have right which is what I felt like living in corporate like when I was in corporate it's like I was screaming inside every day because I'm like I know this is not what I want but I have no idea what I want so I don't know what to do it was like living in a box where you don't know what's outside the box but you know that you are in a box it was like a nightmare scenario um so finally when I discovered, the online world. I'm like, there, that. I get to be on video, which I love. I get to talk about the things that I want to talk about. I get to build a community. Uh, and every day I do the things that I want to do. Even if, you know, I've, some people have heard me say that I've suffered from depression, right? And we, even when that happens and I'm not feeling good in a particular given week, I can always remind myself, you know, remember that you are living your dream you are living exactly the way that you want. And this feeling is going to pass. And when you don't feel that way anymore, right? When you feel happy again next week, you'll realize that what you've been building is all worth it. Uh, So even if right now it doesn't, right? While I'm going through depression. So I just have a very, very clear purpose, which is to only live the life that is going to lead me to not have any regrets at the end whatever that is and it will continue to evolve but that
1: is my big why that is such an empowering why and it's it's almost like you're by you're allowing other people to go after their own dreams by saying hey i can and will go after mine and that's really amazing
0: I just wish we, we don't have to know exactly what our life is going to turn out like. Right. I and this is going to be such a silly reference, but it's kind of going to share a little bit about me here. Um, I always think of Taylor Swift's parents okay. when, I why. when I think about how how long and unpredictable life is, because these are people if you don't know anything about Taylor Swift, he, she has uh, parents who are, you know, they were pretty wealthy. They were both, they both like entrepreneurs. His, you know, her father is like in wealth management of some kind, right? Um, you know, they were pretty, pretty well off, right? So they had a life that they created. They had a great house. They, you know, in Pennsylvania, they had kids going to school. Like it was just a normal life you know, having, making money and, you know, living pretty comfortably. Then all of a sudden here comes their 11, 12 year old daughter who starts to kind of strum on the guitar. They notice the talent. They put her in guitar classes. You know, that's a like there's the real story of how Taylor Swift really learned the guitar is that, is that she worked hard at it. Her parents had her in guitar lessons every single week, right? And then she was doing uh, poetry contests, right? So with her poetry background and her music background, all of a sudden she's a songwriter, right? And she gets signed by a studio when she was like 14, 15 years old. But that didn't happen by chance. It's not like somebody just like, Come through Pennsylvania and found her and plucked her out, her parents took the initiative to show her the ropes and she's like, okay, this is what you want to do. We're going to show you that there's a way there, right? That's not something they were planning before she even raised her hand and said like, this is something I might want to do. And now they are the parents of the most successful entrepreneur, of entrepreneur, entertainer of all time, right? And it's like, you realize that you have no idea what life is going to turn out to be. There's no way for you to plan what is going to happen. The only thing that you can do is to listen to the cues, right? What is happening around you and what is the right thing to do and how to respond to it. So when I look at them, I say to myself, life is long. Like life is not short. Life is really long and we have no idea what's going to happen. Right now where you're sitting me, I am two weeks short of my 41st birthday. And I have no idea where I'm going to be when I'm 50. No idea where I'm going to be when I'm 60. I have no idea where my kids are going to take me. Maybe my kids will move to Hawaii and I'm going to end up living my golden years in Hawaii, being a coach in Hawaii. Nobody knows. My point here is we don't know. We cannot plan what is going to happen. All we can do is just act by the way that we feel. Now and make sure that we're taking the right steps that we want now. And if we're not feeling in alignment with what we're doing, we are the only ones who can change it. Like nobody else is gonna come and do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves.
1: Great. Oh, yeah. And that that actually kind of transitions us into my next question. You know, because you talked about evolution and evolving, and you talked about being in alignment, and you also talked. You know, we started at the beginning of this interview with something concluding, and something else starting. So now I wanted to ask you, how can someone know when they're in the middle of the hard work that is about to take them into massive success or when they're in the middle of, hmm, I think I need to do something else? Like, what's the difference?
0: When you're doing really hard work that is taking you where you want to go, it feels hard, but it feels right. It feels correct. It feels like you know what? This is what it's supposed to feel like. It's almost like I, I hate to make this this <laughs> I hate to make this correlation, but it's almost like it's the difference between having stomach pains and being in labor. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. When you're in labor, um, and I've been in labor twice, okay. Um I kept telling myself to be able to to go through labor. I kept telling myself, no matter what I'm feeling right now, nobody is trying to hurt me. This is what labor is supposed to feel like. There is nothing wrong. Now, I'm not going to say that it was an easy process, right? But it was the correct process. It was the right process. And I was feeling the things I was supposed to feel through the process, But having stomach pains that that you have no idea where they came from and they're not supposed to be there feel wrong. So they're both pains, but one of them feels productive and the other one doesn't. So if you're going through a time right now where you feel like you're getting burned out by your business, ask yourself the question, what is it about it that is burning me out? Is it that even after I finish this launch, I don't think I want to work with this type of clients. I don't feel like I want to spend all my time creating the content for this program. I don't feel like this is really my path, then it's time to shift. If you're going through the launch and you're feeling overwhelmed because of how much work it is, then maybe it's time to ask yourself what are the parts that I can start outsourcing or what are the parts that I can do without. When I first created my first big launch i hired a project manager to help me and we sat down and with my knowledge of launches i sat down and i said okay these are all the emails that ideally i would be sending out and you've heard me say this before that i sat down and i wrote okay these are all the emails that i need for the launch when i counted them it was something crazy like 87 emails that i needed to write okay including like post launch sequences Register people who register, people who haven't registered, people who register but haven't opened the email, people who didn't register and haven't opened the email, people who didn't register and clicked on the email but they didn't sign up. Like I had this whole like thing planned out, and I'm like, I'm not gonna sit down and write 87 emails. So if I had told myself this is gonna be the most perfect launch in the history of launches, and I'm gonna sit down and write all those 87 emails, I would have been burnt out of writing emails by the end, but I wouldn't have felt like I'm. I don't want to run this program, or that I don't want to work with these people, I would have just felt extremely tired and overwhelmed. And it's time to either cut back on those emails, do something simpler, or to outsource some of them. So I think the only person who has the answer is you on the inside is how is that overwhelm really feeling? Are you in alignment with the actual overall vision of what you're doing? Or even that? Is giving you fatigue because it's just not where you are. Um, I just interviewed someone for the podcast coming up soon where she spent an entire year just pivoting. Uh, One time she tried teaching about the law of attraction. She decided after that quick mastermind, she's like, nope, not doing that. And then she pivoted to teaching about branding. She went all out too. She like created a website for it and everything. A few months later, she's like, okay, this is not what I wanted to do either. So now let me try this right? So as long as you keep your vision of where you want to get to clear, the way that you get there is going to shift and change. Just accept it, accept the evolution part of this. I didn't start out with the global phenomenon. I started out with uh, WordPress for complete beginners. That was my first course in my first year, right? I'm far away from that. I don't make websites anymore, but that was just four years ago. So welcome, the change and the pivoting. Um, and yeah, if you feel overwhelmed, just ask yourself why that is and do something about that.
1: That is great advice. You know, I'm going to tell you a secret. It might not, you probably if could guess this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you the secret. I've been in business for almost a year and I don't think I've written 87 emails yet. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine writing 87 emails for one month. No. I can't even forget <laughs> about it. You yeah. know, no. Yeah. But one thing that you mentioned that I thought was really key was there's so much work, but it's, it's coming from a place of flow. Like there's so much that I can give to this. It's filling me up. And there's so much because there's so much abundance inside of me that I want to share that I want to give to this business, to this program, to this launch, to this project that I'm working on right now versus there's so much oh my God, how am I going to get through it? This is a to-do list. And the energy is just so completely different. So thank you for pointing that out. Of course, because also remember that you are the boss, right? Like who's
0: putting a gun to your head to tell you like you have to write 87 emails? Like nobody, right? Nobody. I don't care whose program you're in. I don't care which coach you're listening to. And I've, I've put this, this is like a a recurring tweet that I have on my Instagram coming up every so often, reminding people to not just do what your coach tells you to do. Your coach is not your boss. Um, I've had complex relationships with my coaches where I have felt like they're my boss. And if I don't do what they say, I'm going to disappoint them. That is the wrong energy to have around a coach. A coach is someone who's here to help you find your own way, but not to do what they say. Nobody who's in my program is like could ever disappoint me because they are the CEOs of their business, right? Like this is your business. This is not my business, it's yours. So I can come here and tell you, hey, you need to get on you know, so many calls. It's up to you to say, can I do that? Right? I had a coach who once told me, okay, you know, to make it to this level of income and to get so many clients, you need to get on 25 sales calls per week. And at that point, I had a one-year-old at home and a seven-year-old in school. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I, I don't, like physically, I don't have 25 calls time in me, in my week. It, it would be like impossible, right? So the coach is not you. You do what you need to do. So if something is is overwhelming, trim it down. You're the boss. What would you do if you were your employee, Right. What what would you want your boss to tell you to relieve the pressure? Does it mean pushing your launch? Push your launch, right? Does it mean writing fewer emails? Write fewer emails. Does it mean making fewer videos? Then make fewer videos. You're the boss. Listen to yourself.
1: That is such great advice. If you're the boss. Listen to yourself, right? And that kind of, yeah. And I think sometimes, um, especially for new entrepreneurs, it's like, no, I have to do her program. I have to do what he says. Or like, there's like, no, I made this investment. I'm going to like, listen to them. And it's I've like, been well. there. <laughs> yeah. How did you overcome that? You know, like, especially for entrepreneurs who may be new to investing in themselves and who have that high stakes energy of like, do it or fail you know I'm investing in myself and then sort of this pressure and I felt it Um, so what would you share uh, for, for others who may be feeling that energy right now
0: I hope that I can give you a little bit of perspective for some reason it's very common for coaches in their first year especially to feel like there's a fire to put out like they must make it to 10k months and three months like there, there's something that is telling them, like the only way that I know this is working is if I'm making like raking in thousands of dollars a month and I do that as soon as possible. In reality, though, for most people, I mean, we hear those stories all the time. So we think, OK, that's got to be possible for me. Usually those stories are not an overnight success. Usually that happened to that person, like they made $50,000 in their first launch Well, ask them how long they've been in business. How long have they actually been having clients? Because just because they had their first launch, that doesn't mean that it was their first time getting clients. It's not like, oh, I decided to do a launch because I followed every step in this course. And now look at me where I am. It's like, no, there's usually a lot more to that story. So I just want to to let you borrow a little bit of perspective, which is entrepreneurs who are not in their first year because they've already been doing it for a year, they realize that we can't measure our success in months or weeks. We measure it in years. So I gave myself permission, which is something that I would have never done that first year. That first year was like, okay, I need to hire everybody. Now I need to follow everybody's process. Now I need to figure this out now. Now, like I am like, okay, I have a plan this year. You know what my plan is this year? To launch exactly the same offer with the same message, every two months. That's my plan, right? And I'm sure throughout the year, things are going to happen, like getting featured on great podcasts, like speaking on stage at conferences, right? There are things that are going to happen that are going to be amazing, and that are going to give me more visibility. But you know what my focus is? I'm launching this process, this particular program in this way, every two months. And once you can see your year clearly, you let go of the rush, right? You realize that I don't have to invest in everything right now. I don't have to pay for that program just because I know that next time they run it, the price is going to increase, right? I don't have to buy it at all. I can just hold on to my money and maybe invest it in a VA instead, right? And do the things that I already know how to do. The way that I describe this, actually, I haven't talked about this in a long time, so I'm glad that you asked me is I want you to match your level of knowledge and expertise to your implementation level. Once once those two match, I give you permission to invest in something else so that you can increase your knowledge and expertise and then match your implementation to that. What do I mean by that? I mean that for most coaches, they've already taken so many courses and they've already followed so many people that probably they could teach a class on it. Like they already know it, but they actually haven't implemented it themselves, right? They have not actually done everything that they feel they could. So once I realized that, I dried the well of investing. I'm like, there is nothing I can invest in right now that I don't really already know and I, I'm just not doing. So I stopped the investments and I said, I'm going to take everything I already know. I'm going to put it into action. That's what I would say about investments and about the rush to get there in the first year. I would say, look at your year, one, at your year, like at your business, one year in advance and decide what are the things that you need to invest in because you don't know enough about them. Don't invest because you love that coach right? Don't invest because you just want to be near them, right? Don't invest, like invest because you need that thing right now. And trust me, if you don't need that thing right now, let it go. If they're worth anything, they'll still be here next year. So next year, when you're ready for the stuff, then you can sign up that it will save you a ton of money and it will get you taking action.
1: Does that make sense? That makes so much sense, you know, and it's, it's it's sort of like, you know, new coaches, new entrepreneurs are in this, um, I can do everything by myself, I don't need any help, or, okay, well, I'm investing, so help me, hold my hand, walk me through this, tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I would say it's
0: an and, not an or, it's like, <laughs>
1: I can do everything myself and I
0: want to be close to you because you have all the answers and I want to just be as successful as you. So they end up investing, even though they're like, but I already know that stuff. And they realize that after they open the first couple modules of that program, they realize, oh, this is more of the same. Yes, it's more of the same because you didn't yes. invest for the right reason, right? So I invite everybody to give themselves a little bit of a break before they make their next investment, realize, ask themselves, where did this idea to invest in this came from? Is it because I liked the Facebook ad? Is it because it looks like a really good deal? Or is it because this is exactly what my business is right now? And did you decide that that's what your business needs right now before you saw the ad, right? Or is this an idea that came to you because the ad was so good? There are some people out there doing great marketing. I hope I'm one of them. I hope I'm one of those people putting out great marketing for her services, but I still got to rely on people to make their own decisions.
1: Agreed. Yeah. That autonomy is so important. You talk a lot about not being afraid to fail publicly. Mm. Um, And I think that's a great advice. And I think definitely one of the things that you said to me that completely transformed my business was you can't run a business in secret. I was like, I can't. You're right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So so here I am, you know, definitely not afraid to to fail publicly. But let me ask you something. Um, Do you think that on some level there's a fear to succeed?
0: Yes. Yes. That that has been me like the like the thing that has kept me down consistently is and this is something that I have, I've worked through, I've, I've talked to mindset coaches about, I've talked to therapists about, is that especially in the beginning of my business, I was really worried that if I became successful, my husband would leave me, which is totally like, not going to happen. My husband loves me, I have them wrapped around my little finger. Okay, he's not going anywhere. But I had this fear that if I actually started making money with this and I became successful, my husband would leave me. Um, I also had a fear that if I became successful, um, people would want to kill me. I, I, I can't explain. I can't tell you these are rational fears. I can just tell you they were fears. Um, the way that it worked out in my head is that if I become famous, right, because like we think like, oh, if I have a ton of followers, then I'm going to get stalkers. And if I get stalkers, that means that I probably need to get security or to move to a different house or to like get a hidden phone number. Like, I don't know. Like I w- I had this idea that with visibility came a ton of risk for my life, for my children's life. Right. Um, I also fear that if I became successful, I would probably be traveling a lot. I would probably be, um, you know, out speaking on stages somewhere and, My husband is the kind of guy who wants to stay home, right? So maybe like we would become too different, like we're not different enough already, like we're complete opposites of each other. Uh, But like we would become too different, our lives would be too different and then we would have to break up, right? We would have to get a divorce. So yes, fear of success, it's not rational. None of these fears are rational in the sense that anybody has proven to us that they're gonna become true, right? There's a risk, sure, that I'll have a stalker, Okay, I don't see Marie Forleo with a with a bodyguard, right? Like if Marie Forleo doesn't have a bodyguard, maybe it will be okay for me to be successful, right? To have like a fraction of that success. So these are things that you just kind of work through. It could be different for anybody listening right now. If you feel like if you make a ton of money, what would happen? Are you going to, or are you? Do you fear you're going to outgrow your relationships? Do you fear that you're going to have to move to a different place, right, and uproot your family? Uh, Do you feel like you're going to get stalkers or you're going to get death threats, right? Like, it doesn't have to be rational, but the fears are definitely there. Um, Working with mindset coaches has helped me a lot to realize that, you know, there is is an in-between point between, you know, uh, where I am right now. And being so successful that I need security detail and the FBI, you know, checking out of my communications. There's there's some place in the middle where I can actually be successful and happy, and I don't have to aim for Tony Robbins fame. I can just aim for you know what, having more freedom, and having a better life, and making more money, and and feeling like I didn't live with regret. There's gotta be room for that. Uh, but yeah, those fears of success can be very, very tricky. They're very hard to identify. Got to have a lot of self-awareness to know where those are.
1: Yes. And also got to do the work and got, you know, got to get outside help. Uh, So much of what you said, I, unfortunately I had a stalker uh so what? and I was not famous at all so that's the thing you can be stalked without being famous you, can, any- you know what
0: somebody should have told me that you know you could get stuck right now like it doesn't it didn't even have to be famous
1: that is that's terrible Carla it was horrible I, you know I don't want to get too much into it I feel like I've talked about it in my podcasting up, and maybe we can uh do it another episode I don't want and to and we'll
0: we'll put we'll put that podcast episode in the show notes because I know like I'm gonna have to go and listen to that podcast episode now I'll put it in the show notes for anybody who wants to hear Carla's stalker uh, stalker story
1: yes but the silver lining that I wanted to share there was this one day where I was talking to my therapist and I told her I feel like either he's going to kill me or I'm going to kill him and she says why do you think those are the only two options? <laughs> you know, and it, it's—I mean, maybe it, it's—I've just developed a sense of humor around where I was at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there are more options. Right. You know, so so there are more options. There is a midpoint between um, where we are now and then. You know, needing security or, or outgrowing things, and that's you know, fear of success is so real. Mm-hmm. As a career coach, I that's one of the things that i help my my students overcome my clients overcome because they there's so much comfort in what's familiar and you know our brains aren't wired for success our brains are wired for what's familiar
0: right and um actually actually you just made me think of another fear of success that i have i talk about monetizing small audiences what's going to happen when my audience is no longer small like What's going to happen to my message? What's going to happen to my credibility? Like, you see, like, it's funny how even fear of success, it impacts you like right now. It's not just irrational fears, you know, that you can just poof away, like they directly impact how you show up. So yeah, totally. I'm totally here with you in that. But yeah, figuring out an alternative ending to what you're thinking about is going to be key, for sure
1: it is. And you know what? That brings us back to what you said at first, having a very clear vision, you know, like mm-hmm. really understanding um where you want to get there. And so that I think, brings us nicely to my final question, which is what's next? What's next for the global phenomenon? What's next for Ina Kovane? Tell us, please, what is next?
0: So I this is something that i I teach myself because uh, there's definitely many more milestones to achieve. Right. Um, for me, I go through my own stuff. Like I, I walk my own talk, right. I, the way that I teach growth in your coaching business is in three stages right? Stage one, which is basically your validation. Are you selling the right thing to the right people? Stage two, which is developing a reliable sales machine that you know is going to work every single time. And I've already accomplished that. I have sold my program, Get Clients First, I've done three launches in the past six months, and every single time I have been able to sell, right? Every single time I've been able to sign new clients. I'm doing another launch now, and I know I already signed new clients in this launch, right? Like it's already happened. So, stage two has been clear. Stage three is audience growth. Now, just like everybody else, I have my own mindset blocks. There's a reason why my audience is small, it's because it's always been small. I've never known anything different. And when your mind can't imagine something different, right, it's harder for it to actually get there. So I have a ton of mindset blocks to clear, a lot of new strategies to try because I'm in stage three in my business, versus audience growth. So I want you guys to stay tuned and see how my audience growth stage develops. Does it develop quickly? Does it develop slowly? Uh, what are the things that I'm doing? I want you to notice what are the things that I'm doing in stage three to get to that audience growth level? Because that is really the next barrier is being able to uh, not just sell everything every single time that you launch is sell a lot every single time you launch right and that you accomplish with the audience growth piece so even though I'm here always talking about monetize your tiny audiences because most coaches that I talk to have not figured out stage one or stage two so I've told them stop working on stage three you're not there yet But once you get to stage three, you're going to be doing what I'm doing now. And I am looking forward to it because I already know because stage two is great, it's clear. I am making money. I am okay. All I have to do is increase the visibility and learn new ways of becoming visible. So I want you to stay tuned and see, because I'm going to be trying some new things this year. I am not sure exactly all of the things I'm going to try, but you bet I've already been featured featured on big podcasts. I'm about to speak on stage at a conference um, and I am doing one more thing that I just invested in because I wanted to try it. I don't want to reveal what it is yet. Um, uh, but, uh, I know people in my membership are going to hear about it because my get clients first members hear about everything that I do. Okay. So they're going to hear about it, but stay tuned. Cause I would love to come back at the end of the year or maybe in episode 200 and come back and reveal, okay, how did stage three go? What are the things that worked? What are the things that didn't work? Um, and be able to bring all those lessons to you. So that's my, my, my next frontier is cracking the audience growth. Uh, stage, and we'll see how that goes.
1: Ina, something you do in your show, every guest that you have, you ask them two questions. So here I am, and I'm going to ask them to you. So exciting. <laughs> okay. So, what is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful businesswoman?
0: I would say one thing that everybody comments on, everything. I mean, this is something like of all the things that I ever hear about myself this is at the top. Everybody tells me, Ina, I love your energy. And I have the impression that people think that because I have a ton of energy, because I'm very bubbly, because, you know, my feet is pink, right? That that is the only way that I am right? And that is the only way to be, the only way that that I'm expecting people to be. Um, And I actually don't believe that you need to be outgoing or extremely energetic to succeed in the online world. Uh, This just so happens that it's my personality, my energy, but I'm not even always like this. Um, I do make it a point to smile when I'm in stories, right? Because if you guys if 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 I didn't try to smile more, I would probably always sound like I'm lecturing. Uh, and that's, that's something that I've had to fix about myself. Uh, because I started out, you know, in my early adult life as a very direct, stern, uh, you know, just telling things the way they are. So it took me a long time to really get the feedback that I needed to be a little bit better at reading a room. Right. So it took me a while to realize, Okay, like if I'm going to be having a personality online, I probably should be a little bit more approachable and not not so like just telling people this is what they're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, I feel like if I didn't smile, I would just sound like I'm lecturing all the time because I have a lot of very strong thoughts about what everybody's doing. So. Yeah, um, so I don't think that everybody in my, in my real life sees me smile as much as I do when I'm online. So I would say that's a big misconception about me that maybe I am like smiling and happy and energetic all the time. Chances are most of the time I'm telling it with a very, very stern look in my faces with my normal with my normal faces. So i would say that's number one.
1: Okay, all right, now I'm envisioning like a Batman type of being a personality. <laughs> okay, a all right, food for thought. Okay, last question. If everyone listening had to do what you're about to tell them to do, and they had to do it in the next 24 hours, what would that thing be?
0: I want everybody to go on their stories, on their Instagram stories, or go on their Facebook group, and I want them to explain what they do, who they do it for, and how people can work with them. If that, is, that if that is one thing that everybody does right now, like number one, you'll notice if that makes you uncomfortable, then that means that you're not doing it enough. And that could account for you not getting clients. If it's like, oh yeah, I just did that yesterday, then amazing. That's a great sign. That you're doing this just the right amount, so that that's my first. That's my challenge for everybody listening right now.
1: That is such a great challenge. I feel like I'm gonna do that right as soon as I, if we get off this call. Right. <laughs> my phone. Hi, everybody. I'm Carlos Santa Maria, and this is what I do, and this is who I do it for. So, um, and this think, is how you work with me. Boom. And it's okay. Perfect. Yes. So, say it again for those of us who may need repeating
0: this is who I am. My name is Ina Coveney. I like to say the title personally, because people, it's okay. Like it's, it's great for people to be able to put you in a box. Okay. Now you're like, well, I don't want them to put me in a box because I'm multi-talented. And like that confuses people, anything you can do to make it simple for them to understand what you do. Great. So that's why I went, I've changed my title so many times, you guys, I've been a WordPress expert I've been an online presence expert. I have been a lead generation expert. Now I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm a business coach. Like that's why am I trying to like color this? Like I'm a business coach. And you know what I do? I specialize in monetizing small audiences, right? So I want you to say who you are, say your title. What are you calling yourself these days? Who you help, what problem you solve for them, And this is how you can work with me. My name is Ina Coveney. I'm a business coach. I help coaches monetize their small audiences. And I have a program called Get Clients First, where you can focus on getting clients before you have to focus on audience growth and investing in other programs, right? Just do this. That's what I do. This is how I help people. I want everybody to do that
1: brilliant absolutely brilliant I just pictured you actually saying that in an elevator to people you know everybody talks about the elevator pitch and you nailed it thank you so much I know that 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 one piece of advice if people go out and do it in the next 24 hours it really can make such a huge impact Ina thank you so much for having me congratulations on this milestone you're gonna have so many more and I am so excited to see what's next Carla, you
0: have been an amazing host. I'm so happy that we did this. Carla, can you please take a bow? Tell everybody who you are, what your title is, who you help, what you help them with, and how they can work with you. Please go ahead.
1: I am Carla, the first gen coach. That is my handle on Instagram, Carla, the first gen coach. I am a career and mindset coach for first gen professional women, and I help them overcome mindset blocks to take the next step in their career. You can work with me on one on one and group coaching, and you can find that information all on the link in my Instagram bio. Yay!
0: Perfect. That was
1: (laughs) perfect. And you can find those
0: links in the show notes, everybody give it up for Carla. You've been amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me. This was super fun. And here's to another hundred episodes. Oh, and by the way, because everybody's on their podcasting app right now, can you tell us about your podcast so they can go and follow it now?
1: Yes. Uh, My podcast is called The First Gen Coach, and I am so excited to also level that up. I am investing in myself and investing in that podcast. And uh, we have a few, I have a few episodes out now, and there's going to be so many more to really continue my my mission and and really helping first gen women thrive and build community and, uh, you know, level up their careers. And
0: you're doing amazing at it. Everybody can go and find her, the first gen coach. And thanks everybody for joining us on this 100th episode celebration. Carla, thank you so much. You're the best. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at Your Engagement Coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support.